Once upon a time, deep under the ocean, in warm and tropical waters, spinner dolphins dive. They swirl and twirl, they look for food to have for their dinner. They're beautiful creatures and they do wonderful things for our planet through their... That can't be right. Can it? Poop? Maybe that is right. I guess we should find out more. We know that climate change is a big problem and a problem that we all need to pay a lot of attention to and it can feel really scary in this big issue that hangs over us. But we also want some of the good news that comes out of climate change. And that's what I'm here to do. I'm James Stewart, TV presenter, climate change graduate, and I work with Harvard as one of their climate creators, which means I get to look at some really cool research and see what some of the cleverest people in the world are doing to correct and help our climate situation. Now, I'm going to introduce you to some of the weirdest and most wonderfully brilliant ideas from across the planet being trialled by some of the cleverest people in the world to try and save our planet. Now, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm pretty sure you definitely care about planet Earth and I know you want to hear more about the fun stuff that we're doing to try and fix it. But I also know that you want to learn something along the way. So listen carefully because I'm going to be asking a question right at the end to see if you picked up a little extra knowledge from the stuff that we've talked about. Today I'm joined by my wonderful friend Radzi, who you might recognise from Blue Peter, but you actually started off your TV life in a wildlife show. That show was called Wild. It was on CBBC. It was the biggest school lesson I've had since leaving school and the best lesson ever. As part of this, we have some of our young listeners come on and they ask, well, they ask us things they're worried about. They ask us for solutions and, and things on their mind. Okay, we're going to hear from Amelia. Hi James, I'm Amelia and I live on the central coast of New South Wales in Australia. We live right near the ocean and I love learning about all the animals and plants that live in it. I know that climate change is affecting our oceans. Is there anything that's being done to look after it? What a brilliant place to live, first of all, Amelia. I'm very jealous of you <laughs> living right by the ocean. Well, yeah, actually, do you know what? That's a, a fantastic question because we hear so much about what's happening with our climate and so much of that impacts on the oceans themselves and the animals that live within them. Raz, you've been to some incredible places in the world. I mean, recently you were in Indonesia, weren't you, doing some bits? Yeah, and I went to Bali, which isn't Amelia miles from where Amelia's from. Yeah. And it's even there, you can see... Now, you'd be able to help me with the term here. Oh. When corals become white... Our coral bleaching. Thank you. Yes. Totally bleached. I believe that's down to an event that took place which raised the temperatures very temporarily, but ultimately had a, a semi-permanent effect on the corals. Yep. And it's, it's so, so sad because that's another world. And when you go down there, it should be a plethora of colour and of movement and of just joy. Yeah. And sadly, it isn't. And that's the thing about coral. They don't eat, they look, they look amazing. Finding Nemo is one of my favourite films and we know about the colours and we know about the wildlife that exists within them. But as an ecosystem, what they provide to the area is really important. They also provide a natural break in terms of uh, flooding and beaching. So not only do they help sustain life underwater, they actually play a big part in, in us living as well. So I want to take you back to that moment in Bali when you were diving not that long ago and you yeah. looked around and you saw not much coral, coral bleaching, the white corals. If I told you that dolphin poop <laughs> yeah. Could reverse that. Wow. What would you say? I'd say, are you really tired? <laughs> <laughs> have you gone crazy? <laughs> no, because it really is. And would you have any idea at all how it might work? Dolphin poo saving coral reefs. How on earth? The only thing that's entering my brain is I once did a classic poo smelling competition. <laughs> it was on stage 
an animal expert brought all sorts of poo out and said which one matches which animal. We smelt seal poo. If you ever have the opportunity to smell seal poo, don't. Imagine all the fish in the world condensed into your nostrils and then allowing that to rot. And then after it's rot, you add the worst smelling feet and cheese ever. And then you're still nowhere close, which lets me know inside poo of animals that eat sea life. Yeah. There must be some special stuff going on. You're not wrong. <laughs> we're going to find out how exactly dolphin poo is helping Corey's. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine, Tom Letizier. He's a marine biologist, which basically means he studies the ocean and all the things that live in it. He's travelled to amazing places like Australia and the Maldives, and he studies animals like sharks and seabirds. How cool is that? He has the dream job. And he's done some very interesting research about dolphins, their poo, and how it might play a part in saving planet Earth. Tom Letizia, welcome to Saving Planet Earth. Thank you, thank you. I'm very happy to be here. Um, what did you make of that question from Amelia? You spend a lot of time underwater working with dolphins and studying marine biology. Is Amelia right to be worried about what's happening to not just the planet, but the water as well? It's a very good point, and it's something that someone like myself who works on marine um, ecosystems and marine conservation are very concerned about. And I'm primarily interested in the ecological roles, the job that different types of animals are doing underwater. So I guess the first most obvious question is, what are dolphins doing? So dolphins are, you know, what we like to call apex predators in that they are kind of on the top of the food chain and then feed on a lot of uh, different types of animals, which are smaller in size. Spinner dolphins are one of the smallest species of dolphins that we have. The one that spins when they jump. That's literally, that's how you recognize them. Uh, Wow, they're literally like a- They're very, very acrobatic. Like a cartwheel. Yeah, yeah, they like to show off. Spinner dolphins like to live inside coral reefs. And every time I'd go diving in the morning, I'd typically see these big groups of dolphins sort of whizzing past me as I was in my dinghy getting ready to go for a dive. Wow. And then, you know, once we've been working all day and, you know, doing a couple of dives and then sort of back to the big boat, the dolphins would come back again. So it would be like this kind of daily commute. To uh, and from. yeah. Yeah. And I was wondering sort of, well, that's funny. Are we sort of scaring them or whatever? It turns out, no, that's not really what's happening. What is happening? Well, (laughs) it turns out that the dolphins will come and rest inside the lagoons. They like to rest uh, during the day and then come sort of afternoon-ish when the sun will start setting, that's when they'll go out. And it's uh, interestingly, it's also one of the deepest diving dolphins that there's out there. So they really like to go down deep to catch these small species of fish. And these are kind of, we call them lantern fish because they're bioluminescent as an aside. They glow in the dark. They do, yeah. Wow. Uh, God, you've got a cool job. <laughs> um, Spinning dolphins and glow-in-the-dark fish. I mean, it sounds magic, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the important bit, and this is sort of the links with coral reefs, is that once they've sort of spent all night feeding, they will come back into the lagoon, and that's when they'll be resting. They won't really be feeding inside the lagoon because they yeah. prefer to feed on these deep-sea animals. And uh, they glow-in-the-dark, why wouldn't you want to try those? Well, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'd be the same. Yeah. They probably like it because it's a bit of a, you know, it's a bit of a party down there. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. it's like a disco. Yeah. (laughs) Dolphin disco. 
So they've had a little siesta. Yeah. They've gone and had some food. Yeah. And then they dolphins help coral reefs. We kind of estimated how much nutrient was in the dolphin poo left by, you know, the typical size of a dolphin school or a pod of dolphins, what we call, inside this lagoon every year. And it was a massive amount. And it was uh, the amount of nitrogen, which is the nutrient that we're, we're interested in, is, I guess, is the amount of like three persons worth of uh, nitrogen, wow. which is a huge amount. And why is nitrogen so important for helping coral reefs? So it's sustain a lot of productivity. So algal growth, which then sort of gets picked up into, I guess, the, the bottom of the food chain. Like everything, it's a bit complicated. But this amount is, it turns out, it's it's probably the, sort of the right amount that they need. And what we've seen is that in the case of climate change, and, and coral reefs tend to bleach, you know, when they're being yes. shocked with too much... Uh, when they go warmth. white. They go, That's yeah, right, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. So they, basically they, they eject their sort of uh, zooanthellae, which are these little algaes that they that feed for them. So they have a sort of mutual relationship with these algaes, and they eject them when they get stressed, they may be able to move back in, but that de- depends on circumstances. These nutrients are particularly helpful and seems to indicate that these coral reefs can sort of rebound better when they have access to this kind of nutrients. Are we able to say that potentially, hopefully, dolphin poo could really help coral reefs? Yeah, and I think the, the good thing is that there's lots of places where dolphins are protected and there's special measures to make sure that the threats to dolphins are limited. And Tom, what, a couple of questions that I like to ask everyone on this is, are you hopeful that we can change what we're seeing in this climate crisis? Yeah, I am. I am. It might be because, um, you know, I'm sort of an optimist by nature. And also, I think it's worth keeping in mind that we all have, our parents, our grandparents all had their challenges this is our challenge mm. we let's rise to the occasion let's let's tackle that head on head on just ideally not in dolphin poo coming to me <laughs> that's right <laughs> we'll yeah. let you do that <laughs> a lot of people would say you have a dream job this is your dream job you're a marine biologist you get to spend your entire day looking at what's what's in the sea how do i get to that i mean there are lots of different ways the easiest one is study marine biology at uni and um you know and then if you want to go into research it helps to sort of eventually go to sort of higher education i guess get a postgraduate degree but that isn't necessarily a requirement and i would say get as much experience you can being on boats and, and in the, the water sea, you know get in yeah. the water that's right um, that's the biggest one. And have a passion for it, I yeah, suppose. Yeah. And so were you as the sort of kid that was uh, always jumping in the sea, picking up fish and messing around with Definitely. that? Yeah. You know, poking the, the squidgy things. You know, <laughs> what is that? Like that. It... But, but is that, is that, is it being curious? Is yeah. that a big part of this? A huge, huge. And the sort of the, yeah, the, at the basic level, just asking the question and noting that you really have no idea what the answer is. Like, I wonder what this thing eats. I wonder where it goes. How does it get there? You know, that's sort of the basic questions. So there you have it, yet another brilliant way of saving planet Earth. I bet you never even knew about who knew dolphin poo would be involved in saving coral reefs. Uh, Certainly not me. Well, well, we can laugh and joke about that, of course. Why wouldn't we? I want to try and take the positives away from this. And of course, we need to pay attention to the things happening on our planet and the things that we can be doing. But please do rest assured, people like Tom, literally some of the cleverest people in the world, to come here and tell us about some of these wonderful things that are going on as you go about your day. People like that are doing amazing things to try and get us out of this mess, or at least help along the way. Now I think it's only right we head back to Amelia. 
If I was in charge of saving planet Earth, the first thing I'd ask people to do is stop dropping rubbish and plant more trees. Excellent work. I love to hear the things that you're up to and what you're doing to save planet Earth. Keep them coming in. If you want to get in touch, please do. We love hearing from you. You can email us, savingplanetearthpod at gmail.com. I've not forgot about that question, by the way. Are you ready for it this episode? Here it goes. What were the disco party fish called that Tom told us spinner dolphins like to eat? Did you remember? It was lanternfish. And I still really want to see those in real life. How fun do they sound? Before we go, this next bit is more for the grown-ups and it just helps us keep this podcast free for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 